0: Hey guys, welcome to PPG Paints Arena. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports and Senators 2, Penguins 1. I thought I'd be able to get through that with a straight face. Um, Let me check the shots on goal again. My goodness, 49-21 to were the shots in Pittsburgh's favor. Drake Ferguson, the goaltender up from Belleville of the AHL, making his first NHL start with 48 saves. And you know what? You can say what you want. You can imagine the angle on this in Canada's capital. But the fact of the matter is the Penguins had to come away with a result. They didn't. And the Florida Panthers did. And the Panthers leapfrogged them into the eighth and final playoff spot in the Eastern Conference. Here's how this works. If you're watching this on YouTube or Facebook, you can participate. All you have to do is leave something in comments. If you're watching on Twitter or anywhere else. Actually, if you're watching on Twitch, you can also participate. It's just Twitter where you can't do it. So if you're watching on Twitter and you want to send in a question, a comment, a criticism, a whatever, uh, you can do that on any other platform besides Twitter here. And we're going to get started with Joel, who says, oh, That's a good thing. Carter did great in the face-off dot tonight. Real needle mover. Yeah, I had a feeling we were going to start with Carter and Dumoulin at uh, Per. You know, the norms of late. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know what Joel's referring to, I asked Mike Sullivan in New York uh, three days ago why he keeps playing Carter and Dumoulin. And he came at me with a rather uh, impassioned response, part of which was that Carter's really good on faceoffs, sixth in the NHL, all of which is accurate. Tonight, he was four and two on faceoffs. And like you're saying, Joel, it doesn't exactly move the needle, It it, it doesn't amount to anything really uh, perennial says if Carter's face-off ability is so crucial to his coaching staff, why was he not taking the last face-off? It feels like that completely nullifies the argument. Actually, you know what? The argument can be nullified so much more easily than any of that. If your value in playing Carter is face-offs and defensive zone control and getting out of your zone and all that other stuff that he talked about, what's he still doing on your second power play? He hasn't scored a power play goal since December. He's scored two goals of any kind in his last 31 games. I I, I don't want to turn this – honestly, guys, I'm not going to tell you what to get into here. I'm not going to turn this into a carter Dumoulin thing all over again. There was a lot more to this one. I'm perfectly happy to take on that subject in a normal setting, but this just wasn't it for me. Tony says, hey, DK, another loss. Nothing changes well. I guess the excuse is that our def- half our defense is hurt. Actually, Tony, it's two-thirds of the defense that's out, and no, it wasn't used as an excuse because it didn't need to be used as an excuse. The Penguins defensemen were fine. You know, the Senators had – look over here. The Senators had oh, – they turned it off now. The Senators had 21 shots total. That's a pretty nice defensive performance no matter how you break it down. Uh, I didn't look at Taylor for Dunn and say, oh, no, boy, this guy's really killing you or whatever. When you have almost 50 shots, you know, you've done okay uh, in that regard. Moving on here, I'm going to let you guys, you guys run this show, okay? We're just going to go like this, like as rapid fire as possible. So don't be shy about uh, throwing something in there. Jay says, pretty fitting loss to bump us out of a playoff spot. Kind of, you know? I mean, I've seen the Penguins flatter than this. I didn't share the view the general view that was expressed in the room downstairs by a lot of people, it seemed that they had done okay. Uh, I have kind of a problem with that characterization, you know, that they, well, because they did this or they did that, then it wasn't so bad. It's an outcome, you know, it's an, it's a negative outcome. And this is this time of year, you just, you can't do negative outcomes. You know, I mean, the Panthers, are now 6-0-1 in their last seven. That's all this is about right now. It's Pittsburgh versus Florida. I don't even know that I'd factor the Islanders into this. Maybe I should. Or maybe Florida is just going to go, you know, screaming right past everybody else here. Uh, Karen says, I, I think this was it, DK. You know what? I would agree with you, except that I think it's still going to come a little bit further down the road. Um, uh, it's really rough now because they're going to Denver. They're going to Dallas. These are two teams that uh, are, are going to—they're going to beat the Penguins, okay? And then your your little losing streak that's now four games is going to be a six, and then you come back here on Saturday and face the Capitals, who are kind of out of it but playing a little bit better. Uh, it's still the Capitals. I just. I can't guys. I can't look at the standings right now and go, Oh yeah, let's see what the seating is. I I can't even wrap my head around this discussion at the moment. You know, to to me, there's just, this team needs to write itself before any of that. You know, Stephen asks, how do we rebound from this, especially this late in the season? I don't know that you do because I don't know that anything's happening right now that looks or feels like a slump. Look, When this team was on a 7-0-1 run right before this, before this latest losing streak, did anybody get, like, super stoked about it? You know? Or were you just actually watching the way that they play? Oh, Mike, get this out of here. Steeler season can't start soon enough. And the reason I say this, I cover all three Pittsburgh teams. I hate when people skip past baseball season. 137 years of baseball in the city of Pittsburgh. Yeah, there's 10 days until first pitch in Cincinnati. Uh... Take that one back. Scott says, do you realistically think the Penguins should just look forward to the offseason and either do what the Capitals did later, just get rid of the dead weight and try to... Why would they look forward to the offseason now? I'm not sure what you're asking, Scott. I mean, there's games left, and they're one point out of a playoff spot. I understand me and you can think what we want, but why would you advocate uh, that they do that? That doesn't make any sense. Look, you got to understand, these guys are still... They're still participating. They're not, they're not doing what me and you do. They're not sitting and watching. You know, they're not sitting and analyzing. They're not watching Florida on a split screen. Uh, they're actually participating in this stuff. And it, it's, it's very, very different uh, Justin critiques the nature of the shots, says they're all low shots into the pads, no screen the whole game, not one player skated in front of the net at all the whole game. You cannot score on an NHL goalie like that, even rookies, except that you're not accurate, Justin. There were a lot of shots that were high. In fact, most of their better chances ended up being shots that were too high. Think about Brian Russ's little mini breakaway. Where did he put it? Over the net. How about Danton Heinen cruising down the slot seemingly every five minutes? Where did he put his? Bang, off the glass every time. So they missed shots all over. They did put some into Ferguson's bread basket, right into the cross-eyed Senator, but they didn't. I'll agree with you that they didn't do a whole lot of screening. In fact, that's something that I brought up with Mike Sullivan after the game. He agreed with me, but then also pointed out, and I think fairly so that they did more of it in the third period. Um, you can't, you can't knock a team that puts that many shots on goal Uh, once they did get guys going to the front, and they did. And let's remember that that's where Ricard Raquel scored uh, his as well here. Ken says, put a fork in it. They're done. Well, I guess Ken's done watching. Then uh, Patrick Mason says, okay, we all know the Pirates. There is zero optimism every year. sounds like you're not paying attention, Patrick. Look, if you want to bash the Pirates, go nuts. We have videos for that too, okay? But don't talk about them if you don't know about them. I've said that forever. Sounds like you wouldn't even be able to name three guys on the team right now. Uh, Tim says, is this room going down denying what everyone else is seeing until the end? That's, that's going to be the toughest question that I get. I can promise you that because there was a part of me that was waiting for this room to be the first one that says, Hey, you know, that wasn't good enough, or no, we can't just turn the page on this one. We actually have to stick with this one. We have to let this one sting and and I didn't get that I, p o joseph and he's really young, so go easy on it, but he's one of the guys that I talked to after the game, and they were focused on the positives. they were fo- I understand that too here again, they're not angry fans, okay they're not angry columnists, okay they have to ready themselves for their next game or games in this case, because they have back-to-backs in Denver and Dallas. And if they go and they beat the living snot out of themselves over this, they're not going to be in the best possible position to compete in those games. Does that make sense? Like, I know nobody wants to hear that, but it happens to be the truth. Derek says, Rust has been the worst Penguin all year, if you have been watching. He has been non-existent on the ice. Never helps the defense. Makes Dumo look much worse than he is. Blame Rust, not Dumo or Carter. No. no, Rust isn't scoring, okay? Rust has gone nine games without a goal. In this one, he had six shots on goal. He had four hits. He had a couple of golden chances. And at the end, he blocked the Ottawa shot from the point with his hand and still tried to clear it out. When he couldn't get it all the way out, Ottawa kept it in, worked it down low, and Drake Patterson scored. And after the game, Rust said, I don't care if my arm is broken. I've got to get that puck out. Now, if you want to complain about the team and accountability and stuff like that, uh, as Mandy says right here, Derek, that's not accurate at all. If you're gonna uh, if you're gonna criticize Russ for anything, it's gonna be what Cody brings up here, which is that he's a king of expected goals. His shooting percentage is at a career low. He's at seven percent right now. He's been a twelve percent shooter his whole career. That is a massive, massive nosedive. Tim or Troy says, "Do you think they'll make the playoffs? And if so, which team doesn't go?" No, I, I'm not about to express anything positive after this. I mean, I'm not. I'm not blind, and I don't work for the team, and I don't advocate for the team. That's not why you come here. You come here to get it like it is, at least from one independent voice. So why would I think that they'll make the playoffs in watching this? And wait, think about how, guys, think about however you feel right now and then multiply it by however you're going to feel after Denver and Dallas. Mandy asks any reason Alex Nylander went back down. He didn't. He was just a healthy scratch. Any reason he was a healthy scratch? Sure, he's the easiest guy to make a healthy scratch. We all know how this stuff goes. You know, there's there's nothing all that new that we can contribute here. Derek Joel says, Derek, buddy, everybody knows you're just trying to be a troll, it's not working. I don't think he was trolling. I don't think he was trolling, but then here comes Derek back again. He says he's terrible. The metrics won't show it, but he's been horrid. Hey Derek, if the metrics don't show it, it doesn't exist. It's just math, it's not a philosophy. Matt White wants to know if I ask Sully if Carter is still six in face-off percentage. That's actually very funny. I like that. Jerry says, the Senators played a better game. And it does happen sometimes. The Penguins fought hard. No, Jerry, they did not play a better game. They got outshot 49-21. to 21. These things do matter. You know, the, These the statistics and the peripherals, because they're indicative of the overall performance. You know, so no, the, the Senators did not play better. The scoreboard isn't everything except in the standings. But that's not what you're referring to. You're referring to, to how they play. Many Guns says they're under 500 at the moment. Who is? I don't even know what that means. The Penguins are not under 500 by any stretch of the definition. Scott says, did you want to throw the BS flag at the puck possession resulted in drifting away from the front of the net? How is puck possession now bad? Oh, I didn't know what you meant. You're talking about whenever I asked uh, Sullivan about uh, the, the the traffic not necessarily converging on Ferguson versus the high shot total. And actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you, Scott. I, I agreed completely with Sullivan on this. Do you remember the four-minute shift or four eleven or whatever it was that the Penguins had? They had it down at this end. Okay, what ends up happening? And this is natural in hockey. It's a human instinct. You have a really long shift going. What ends up, you, you end up valuing more the fact that you're sustaining a shift and you're keeping those tired senators on the rink. And you want to sustain that. So the best way to sustain that, it's a lot like three on three or four on three, where you start moving to the perimeter because you just don't want to forfeit possession. So I, I actually understood that. I know nobody wants to hear anything the head coach has to say right now uh but i but i i buy that one brandon says they're under 500 if you factor the 10 ot losses as regulation losses look you can do that but the game is set up so that you get a point for going to overtime i guarantee you the penguins would have taken that point that they blew with with 209 uh left steven says why does this happen to the penguins constantly letting a new guy have the performance of a lifetime in his first start seems to happen a lot steven there are exactly 32 fan bases who think it only happens to their team. Actually, you want to multiply it to every single sport, you can do that. The most common thing I ever hear from Steelers fans is that the Steelers always lose to teams that they should be beating. The Pirates, you don't hear it as much often because they're usually the team that somebody should be beating. Okay, But that, that goes across the board. That is a 100% perception thing. When the Penguins won seven, or went 7-0-1 just now, uh, within the past four weeks, no one was complaining that the Penguins were beating a whole bunch of bad teams, right? Okay. Austin says, is Ron Hextall gone this offseason regardless of what the outcome of the season is? Will FSG finally show themselves? Those are two related questions. No one from Fenway Sports Group, to my knowledge, to my visibility, and certainly to my access point, comes to these games. Okay. I had somebody come at me tonight in the in the comments on DK Pittsburgh Sports about how 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 are you keep saying this about FSG? Why do you how, why are you giving this opinion that they're invisible? It's not an opinion. They're not here. You know, when Mario was here, I would see Mario, say hi to him. Natalie was with him, okay. When David Morehouse was team president, I saw David Morehouse all the time because they were here. They were part of this. Mike says, I, I think. FSG forgot they purchased the team. Good, then sell it to somebody else. How about that, huh? Kellen says, how do the Penguins make the mental click to tighten up after scoring a big goal? You know, I've thought about that, especially as it relates to what hockey coaches always stress is a a big moment, a pivotal moment. Um, First minute of the game, final minute of a period. And this team doesn't have that in it. It just doesn't. The main reason for that, the main reason for that is that the Penguins are just not a good defensive team, period. In their own zone, they're not good. It doesn't matter who they have on the rink. They're not good. And they haven't been, except for by my own peripheral count, three games all season where I thought they defended really, really well. That's it. That's it. Patrick says, can we actually trust FSG to lead the Penguins into the future, the next generation? No. No. If they're not showing any interest in this team while they're, they're stacked with Hall of Famers and filling the building and everything else, how do you think they're going to be whenever it's it's what you're describing? You think they're going to sit through a Generation X? Mandy says, you just had some fire and then you deploy your worst guys. Well, that's on the head coach. That's on the head coach. You know that. Elizabeth says, I feel there's not, I feel like there's not support for the rebound shots. We're never there with a trailer to get the rebounds. Oh, you're referring to the offensive zone. Yeah. How many rebound chances did they have in this game? You know, Ottawa didn't do a whole lot right defensively, but they did clear the rebounds. And the Penguins just weren't there. You know, like I said earlier, for the first two periods. Ryan says he's a big Brian Rust fan, but He's not the same player this year. No, just because he's not finishing. That's it. If there was anything about Rust's performance over the previous two seasons, anything about his performance that was above the norm, it was the shooting percentage. He'd never been, you know, a 30-goal guy or whatever, and now he was. Now, maybe he just got a lot better at shooting or whatever and a lot finishing, a lot more confident, whatever, but now – this this isn't it. You know, Dom says this team's in trouble. Dom has a future in hockey analysis, everybody. That's some cogent stuff there, my man. Daniel says the team's shooting percentage has dropped a lot over the last two months. So has everything else. So has everything else. Every statistic, individual, collective, other than the singular performance of Sidney Crosby. And you can add into that Jason Zucker Everything, everything, everything has dropped. RLJ says, what's this team going to look like next year? Come on, man, in a live chat, we, could, we have all off season to do that. You want a you dissertation now? Uh, I'm trying to keep this like fast moving here. Uh, Nathan says, the top half that was giving the team life is dead. They lost the hope because guys like you said yesterday they cannot say anything. I have no idea. Uh, first of all, the top half of this team was largely responsible for the 49 shots on goals. So I don't know what constitutes dead in your eyes, but I'm guessing that a shot a minute isn't it. Uh, and I don't know what they would have lost hope over because of something that I said. So I, I don't I don't get that one like at all. Darius says, when will Mikhail Grandland arrive from Nashville? You're stealing my material. I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. All right. A subscriber who's reading the columns. I like that. Dom says that Hextall was sent here to ruin us. James Simon says, is there some kind of rift between Sullivan and Reardon? No. Why does everything have to have some kind of goofy narrative to it? You know, it's not a very good hockey team. Can we get Zucker on Crosby's line and take Jake off? I mean, the the, the 49 shots, you know, they just didn't finish. You know, a thousand K says Kapanen has goals in his last two games. Oh, you want his contract back? Send that to me next. I'll put it up on the board. Send back to me that you want his contract back from St. Louis. No strings attached. Justin says, Remember when Flowers saw a therapist? Maybe recommend them to Jari. Really? Really? A night where he gave up two goals? Really? Let, let's, let's, let's elevate at least a little bit here. This isn't talk radio. We, we can do a little bit better than this. Joel has his own. He says, here's my goofy narrative. Ron Hextall isn't a good GM and he constructed a bad team. Really out there. Hey, I have no idea what you're trying to say here. Cody says, I would take Capen's contract over Grandlands. I don't think you will, actually. I don't think you will uh, over time. Uh, Derek says, this was not on Jari. I mean, no kidding. Jerry says, I agree. The defense has not been all that DK. I've said that before. 21 shots, two scores, over 47 shots, one score. We're we're running out of fumes here, people. We're running out of fumes that we were on a a little bit ago here. I'm going to look back here to the beginning and see if we can find anything better because we are scraping bottom. Um. Clint Novak says every time, every game, this team scores a goal and then gives up a goal less than two minutes later. I've never seen anything like it. Well, you certainly haven't seen it in the Sullivan tenure until this year. And that is mostly for the very unsexy, undramatic, uninteresting narrative that they're just not very good defensively. And teams, opponents, will by their very nature, after they've been scored upon, want to push it. They want to get it back. Okay? Okay. So they'll come at you. And if you're not very good defensively, you will give one up. That's it. That's it. Set aside all the other hashtag this, hashtag that. There's there's nothing that's super interesting about this. It's not a good defensive team. It hasn't been one. It hasn't been one from day one. Two more today. Sean says, the team is too careless with the puck and too busy trying to make the highlight real play versus trying to simplify things they almost refuse to get into the dirty areas in front of the net. I noticed that you stopped short of they don't shoot the puck often enough. Because they took 49 shots. I agree with you about not getting to the dirty areas in, in front of the net. And the last one here today comes from Doug, who says, what happened to Heinen, O'Connor, and Paling? What do you think happened? What do you think happened? They're younger. You know, they're younger. The one positive, if you guys want something out of this – take with a smile on your face. i got to find this number for you. I noticed this on the way upstairs. Jeff Carter had 6 minutes and 30 seconds of ice time, which was a season low. Um, That's really, really down there. Now, unfortunately, since he was skating between O'Connor and Archibald, those guys played just as much, or just as little, I should say. So, that's you know, that's that's something, you know, I'm trying here, you know. Uh, Ryan says, thanks. Crow says, thanks. I say thanks as well. How about that? Um, really, really, really appreciate you guys being on, especially after the losses. I know I'm, I'm jabbing at some of you back. And you're going to go, oh, man, I'm never going to be on with that guy again. But I, I do appreciate it. Hey, look, this is how this is. Um, it's going to be a rough stretch uh, for this team. And then when you get into this summer for this franchise, I think there are fixes that can be made for this franchise. I don't think that this GM is capable of making them. So the first thing that has to happen, yeah, is is, is all that. So, all right, guys, let's do it again. Uh, we're going to do it again later in the week here. Taylor is making the, the trip. She's already in Denver uh, to do Denver and Dallas. I'll be back here on Saturday night for the game against the Capitals. Bye-bye.